Welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley, and with me as always is Marty Agather. Marty, what's going on, man? Howdy, gang. I uh, was uh, eating lunch at my desk earlier, which is a fairly regular occurrence. And uh, a couple weeks ago when Ryan was in the office, we brought in some Asian food. It was pretty tasty, wasn't it, Ryan? It was tasty, yes. Yeah, and we had some leftover uh, fortune cookies, right? That uniquely American invention that I don't know how the hell they came up with it, but uh, they did. So I grabbed one of these leftover fortune cookies, and I just figured I'd lay my fortune out there for everybody to uh, to hear about because it kind of kind of goes to where Ryan and I were earlier this morning. I'll let Ryan fill you in on the details as he sees fit. Here's my fortune. Hone your competitive instincts. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I don't think we need to be any more competitive. So, uh, we got a couple of good topics for you today, I think. Um, we've got some facts from Google, and we've got some an interesting Harris Poll result that just came out. So, Ryan, why don't you uh, get us started here? Yeah, let's get right into this. Um, it's a PDF. We'll have it uh, on the show notes for this episode. This is... Uh, episode number 32, you can get there by going to agencynation.com forward slash podcast and look for episode number 32. And you'll find um, this PDF from Nielsen. So this is a study done by Nielsen. Uh, it's a Harris poll done by Nielsen. And it's talking about brand equity. So essentially the perception of brand in the market. And in particular, this poll goes into the insurance industry. So the first part of the poll of the, the PDF talks, you know, in generalities about what brand is and why it's important and, and all that kind of stuff. But let's dig into kind of, um, you know, not, not to bury the lead, but um, right at the top of the insurance section this this uh, this report starts with financial services is a challenging category for brands and in particular ranking the various uh, industries and in what they call equitrend which is really just like a copyrighted term for your overall brand equity in the market financial services out of 2 4 6 8 10 12 out of 13 different industries ranks 11th so almost at the bottom, um, and every single subcategory inside of financial services, including auto insurance, home insurance, and life insurance, and multi-line insurance, which I assume is what they're calling commercial insurance, um, all these, uh, all of these categories, the brands inside of them, their equity in the marketplace is falling. Marty, what does this mean? Well. What they what they propose, and I don't think it's a a radical uh, stretch for us to imagine that somehow this this makes sense, is that your brand equity sort of gives you uh, a leg up on your competitor, right? So, uh, for example, Coca Cola is a well known brand of soft drink. Because Coca-Cola, because the brand has equity, the brand has legs, the brand has visibility, the brand has notoriety, what are all those words, it allows Coca-Cola to charge a premium for their product and get away with it, right? Because people go in and they say, you know, I don't know about uh, Marty's Cola, but I do know about Coca-Cola, so I'll pay a little bit extra so I get a good taste in Cola, 
right? Now, Marty, Marty's I'm going to give you a good food. example of that. I'm going to give you a good example yeah. of that. So my wife enjoys Diet Pepsi. She doesn't drink a lot of soda, but a couple times a week she likes a Diet Pepsi. And when I'm going to the store, I'll say, do you want me to pick you up a Coke? And she'll say yes, and I will buy her a Diet Pepsi. So I'll be like, hey, do you want a Coke? And she'll be like, yep. And then I'll get her the type of soft drink that she actually wants. But we'll call it a Coke because it's just like it's Coke. It's you, That's what you know. You know, most people drink Coke and there's all these other ones. And, you know, so I'm going to get you a Coke. What do you want? A Diet Pepsi? Some of that could be regional. Um, I know that virtually any soft drink uh, in Georgia, the home of Coca-Cola, is called a Coke. So, you know, out here it's either a soda or a pop. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. And, and so, you know, the, and, and, and I don't, there's a special name. I want to say category killer, but I don't know that. I don't think that's right. But when, when your, when your brand becomes the, the de facto name, so Kleenex or Frisbee, right? Those are brands that have just basically taken over the category because everything that's like that, you wipe your nose, it's going to be a Kleenex, whether it was made by Kleenex corporation or somebody else. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, so, you know, one of the things I think when I look at this is, you know, not just brands inside of the space, and, and we'll get to that in a second, but, you know, when we're when we're selling insurance products, the attention that we are looking for for our products, we're in competition with all these other categories, food, restaurants, retail, technology, travel, beverage, media, all these other categories of industry we're in competition with them for our consumers' attention because they are consumers of not just insurance, but consumers of many of these different categories. So when Apple, you know, kind of comes out with a new commercial that just takes over the market and everyone's watching the Apple commercial, whether it's the, you know, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC kind of thing, and people are so focused on that, they might miss the next commercial or they might miss the next message or just not be able to take in that message because in that space, the technology category, and in particular, maybe say Google and Apple and maybe a couple others, have so captured the consumer's attention that the other categories, brands inside the other categories, just cannot stand out and be heard. Yeah. And not only are you, be- are you competing with them, you know, you're also being compared to them. So when they look at the good job that is being done in these other industries and categories, and they compare that to where we are in the insurance brand space, they're left wanting. Yes, that's a really good point is, you know, one of the things I think as an industry that we do to our own detriment uh, is compare ourselves to ourselves. And we just should not be doing that because, uh, you know, it's not a stretch um, to say that, in a broad sweeping stroke, we're not the most creative industry. We're not, you know, it, now some of the c- companies on it that they actually list that are at the top are exactly who you would expect. They are the more, um, we'll say, courageous in advertising, courageous in marketing companies that exist uh, and uh, and are willing to speak directly to the consumer. But, you know, even even these companies in a broad sweeping stroke, very benign, uh, docile messaging, rarely does it stand out besides the occasional kind of comic relief. Um, and usually it's campaign based. It doesn't have longevity. Um, and for that reason, uh, when people see an insurance commercial for an insurance carrier, they're just kind of like, eh, 
you know, in, the, in, in literally in that moment, the messages pass them by and they're thinking about, well, geez, you know, that commercial stinks compared to this other, this commercial for, um, you know, Coke or like you mentioned or, or Apple or, or any of these other companies, which, which almost have like little mini movies that come out that are commercials. Yeah. You know, I, and I want to, I want to go right to the heart of this, Ryan. I think one of the challenges that we have is we have, we have minimal brand recognition in insurance, right? There's a couple of big brands, as you, as you mentioned, that are doing a good job. People, when you ask insurance, those are the names that are going to come to the forefront of their mind. But I think the, the fact that a specific campaign is coming from one carrier and that somehow that campaign applies to only them is uh, sort of an, 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 immature, an immature concept and it gives the consumer way too much credit. Not that the consumer, not that the consumer isn't smart, not that the consumer doesn't make discerning um, decisions. No, no, what I'm saying is they don't remember the nuance at the time that they are now in the market for the product, right? So the, the perfect example, I'm, I'm going to use this first because everybody will get it, and then we're going to go right into the, the heart of the insurance example. If Coca-Cola's ads were, you shouldn't drink Coke because it's loaded, I'm sorry, you shouldn't drink soda because it's loaded with sugar and it rots your teeth. When you're standing in the aisle looking for for, for for a soft drink, are you necessarily going to remember that it's Coke? Maybe if it was Coke, you would, but not if it was Marty's soda, if that was my pitch, right? So the problem is when we in the insurance industry talk about how the nuances of coverage, and if you haven't constructed your property, your pro policy properly, you're going to get bit in a claim situation. How does that help? All that does is that throws doubt on the process of insurance, the integrity of the companies, the, 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 the skills and the professionalism of the agents who sell it, all of that stuff is thrown into question. And when the consumer is faced with a buying decision, there's more angst and more concern because they don't remember that it was only Allstate that was talking about mayhem or that it was, you know, uh, uh, Geico that was talking about save 10%, that message gets blasted onto every insurance transaction that's out there. Yeah, it's the, you know, the it's almost like, um, <laughs> you, you make a really good point. I'm, I'm going to try to tie it up in a bow here, is that uh, there is a particular company that has a particular commercial and uh, they write um, mostly through independent agents, uh, but big, huge, well-known brand. And their commercial is essentially they put a consumer out and they talk about how some, some generic insurance company screwed them over by not having great coverage. And if they go with this company, they'll have great coverage. And actually, Marty, you made the point in uh, kind of our pre-show talk here um, that uh, – and, and it's kind of, and it's what you're saying is that the consumer doesn't hear this, you know, generic ambiguous company, great, but this are uh, terrible, but this company, great. What they hear is insurance companies screw me, mm. and I constantly need to be on the the defensive, and I constantly have to be searching for a better deal because insurance companies screw me. 
And I and just somehow there's this magic. There's this magic point where universal I'm covered for everything and I get it for next to nothing exists. Right. Yeah. That's the part that doesn't exist. We can sell you cheap and it's going to be crap. Yeah, it 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 is. Um, it is. It's, it's really interesting uh, when you look at the branding issues that we have for our for our product. So much of it is such a large portion of the branding problems we've created ourselves as an industry, right? Uh, the a lot of the directs and captives um, uh, got into the market by pounding price. Um, the rest of us, the rest, a lot of the IA carriers play the their coverage is terrible, our coverage is ga- great game, which you know you take you're you're talking and none of them talk about who in particular's coverage is bad so it's generic ambiguous company is they're they're terrible and our coverage is great and just like you said n- never in there is but you got to pay an extra 50 bucks for for water backup and 25 dollars for you know 150 yeah, yeah, rent a car and thirty dollars for hundred and fifty x on your on your um, on your your coverage A in the event of a total loss. I mean, there's there's all these coverages that yes do provide the the perfect policy for you and your family and your assets, but there's but there's attached to that is additional cost and, and for good reason. You know, I'm not saying that that those things shouldn't cost more, but I don't know if. The your terrible were great argument is doing us any good. And I get that the classic ad agency move is going to be to come in and they're going to look at the CEO of major companies and they'll go, we got a great strategy. We're going to tell we're going to tell your consumers that everyone else is terrible and that you're the best. And that CEO harumps his fist down on the table and goes, that sounds like the ad campaign for us. And all it does is perpetuate the distrust and the dis, you know, and just the complete lack of of any type of connection to these brands because because you know, think about what's going on in politics, right? Does fear mongering and hate mongering on either side ever endear us to anybody? It doesn't. I mean, maybe it gets people to take action in different areas, but I I think you could pretty much say that there's a large portion of the population that is going to vote one way or the other this year, but probably hates the fact that they're pulling a lever regardless of which side they pull on. It, it, you know what I mean? And that's not, that's just because of how much hate and distrust has been thrown out there. And as an industry, we are doing a lot of the same things in our marketing and our branding. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what the solution here is because clearly um, sort of the, you know, once you're in 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 a uh, in a mud fight, it's tough to be the only person that stops slinging mud. So um, you know we we made we made our bed. It's we got to sleep in it. All I'm saying is it sure would be nice if some some uh, some of the 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 influential players in the industry would wake up and smell the coffee and uh, and realize that besmirching our own industry isn't doing any of us any good. Well, I, I'll tell you, I do I do have some solutions here. Um, before we get to them real quick, guys, I just want to mention that this podcast is brought to you by Vertifor, the leader in modern insurance technology. If you have not been to Vertifor's website lately, you need to go over there and spend a little time on their blog. Uh, Marty and I have had a chance to talk to these guys many, many times. We saw them at Ledge uh, back in April. We saw them uh, even before that at Leadership Conference down in New Orleans. Um, uh, the people at Vertifor who are doing, who are creating the content 
content for the Vertifor blog really know what they're talking about. They update the site a couple times a week with information about industry trends and news that keep you ahead of your competition. In particular, your direct and captive competition. They're really dialed into this stuff. Uh, And they have great information for producers, principals, customer service professionals, wherever you fall in the spectrum of the independent insurance agency channel, you're gonna wanna go over to Vertifor and check out their blog, vertifor.com, and then look for the blog in the resources section of their site. We appreciate Vertifor for being uh, a fine sponsor of Agency Nation Radio. So, okay, so, so you said you're not sure what the solution is. I'm going to tell you what I what I think, um, what I think the solution is. Right, uh, State Farm. Okay, State Farm across the board. Uh, USAAA. So we're so I'm looking at this. Uh, it it makes sense that the brands who have the top equity in our in the insurance space are directs and captives. They speak directly to consumers. They're tactical. They're driven. Um, they're they're kind of omnipresent. And they across. have scale, right? They have yeah. Scale. They scale. They're digital. They're analog. They're everywhere. It makes sense that these would be the brands that have high equity. Um, so you look at um, trip. So that so an auto insurance, AAA, State Farm, USAA. Home insurance, State Farm, AAA, USAA. If if you go top five, you know this is all lines of business: USAA, AAA, State Farm. Why are these three brands the top brands in um, in this in this study? It is not just because they spend a lot of money. Because you do not see all state up there. You don't see some of the other major directs and captives. You don't see any of the, the really large IAs that, that, that play in this space. And a lot of it has to do with the idea that AAA, USAA, and State Farm do not go negative. They don't go negative. They are consistent. They're consistent in their branding. They're consistent in their messaging. They're consistent in the way that they add both uh, education and uh, humor. Farmers actually makes this list a number four. Their Farmers Institute or Farmers University, I can never remember what it is. That is a brilliant campaign. And they just keep pushing it and and adding little idiosyncrasies. And and it's it's just a wonderful, wonderful way because it's not negative. It supports them, who they are, what they're trying to do, their value structure. It doesn't juxtaposition them versus the competition. It doesn't talk about how bad the industry is or how bad other people's practices are. It talks about what their value structure, and in many cases, they don't even talk about insurance. Now, Farmers does a lot of times. But I, I want to I compare and contrast just for one second. Yeah, yeah go right? ahead. So, so, so you pulled that out, and it's the perfect counterpoint to what we were talking about before, where the message is, my claim didn't get paid because... I was told I had bought the wrong policy, right? No, the the farmer's university thing is, here's the weird thing that happened, and guess what? We covered it we on covered August it. the 8th, 2015, right? Yeah. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful yeah, campaign. It, it, it just, 
so so you so when I'm thinking about this, and if I were sitting at the head of the table, CMO or or CEO for uh, for a large insurance company, and I'm sitting here and I'm and I'm looking about how we start to recapture the market space, I go positive all the way. I go positive. I go education. I mean, all the things that we talk about down at a local retail agency level. You know, educate, inform, inspire. Right. Be the resource for people. That's what that farmer's branding is. Uh, and that's why I think I, farmers I has moved up so quickly in, in, a, in a lot of these rankings and a lot of the, the, um, in a, the, the, uh, brand equity or the, uh, the, I'm missing the word, but the, the brand consciousness. Yep. That is why, because they've been consistent. They've been positive. They've been educational, funny. It's all there. All right. So we're going to tag team in the, the, uh, executive C-suite in that insurance company, and I'm going to have the power to make changes uh, to our uh, claims process. I would suggest that our industry needs to stop looking for reasons not to provide coverage and start looking for ways that we can provide coverage, even if there's a question. Because I got news for you. When we hang somebody out to dry for a stupid little policy clause, I get it. It's what the policy said. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is we have nothing to do but lose. Because no matter how logical it says and no matter how many attorneys you can get to dance on the head of a pin, that doesn't mean jack to the consumer. And what the story that he's telling or she's telling after the fact is not going to say that the wording, you know, the comma was in the right spot, so I lost. Yeah, I, that, so we, that's we, such a big issue. I, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I, I'm 100% with you. That That's that's a big one, though. And, and really, geez, I mean, that's such an intrinsic thing to to and, and cultural inside of carriers for 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 any of the agents or insurance professionals out who are listening to this that that haven't spent time with with uh, carriers at a deeper level. Every carrier has its own culture and they're they're like they're living breathing organisms. These aren't just corporate entities. Um, they are I mean they are corporate entities obviously, but but they are living breathing things and they have their own cultures and they have their own philosophies and uh, and in some regards um, that piece would would be incredibly tough to change. But I know, I, but but you you know this guy and I'm not going to be able to get his name but he's he's the chief behavioral officer for one of your favorite uh uh what we presume is going to be an insurance flash in the pan lemonade right so chief behavioral officer how's that for a title that nobody's ever heard of before uh he's a very bright guy comes out of one of the Ivy League schools I think has written books on human behavior and and he had a, a very uh, prescient point the other day, and he said that, by and large, the way insurance companies have figured out that the way they can really move the needle on profitability is to deny claims. And we are beginning to live with the reality of that decision. And I, and, and I, I did some research on this six months ago, and I won't besmirch the company that came up with this idea, but they hired some McKinsey folks. This is back in, I want to say, the late 90s or the early 2000s. And the McKinsey people came back and said, this is how you affect profitability. You toe the line on paying losses. You reap what you sow, man. Yeah, I get that. I, 
I get that. That's that's such a hard one for me because I know it's out there. It's kind of like the dirty underbelly of our industry. I'm just glad that there are carriers who um who who aren't that way. And I'll tell you, you know, you want to talk about profitability. One of the biggest and baddest IA carriers in the entire country, Travelers, when I was an agent in our office, um there was a there was a mantra. If you wanted to keep that client forever, you put them with Travelers or you put them with New York Central Mutual. Because those two carriers, now New York Central Mutual, single state, uh, New York only, mostly just personal lines. But um, those two carriers in our office at that time, again, I haven't written a a policy in three years. um, They looked for ways, you know, so when someone had a problem, they looked for ways to, to pay that, to pay that claim. And now you have a single state, small carrier, you know, I mean, small versus what carriers could be, um, but incredibly well run all the way up to, you know, uh, Dow, you know, company listed on the Dow Jones industrial average. So it, it, I, I know that that happens. I know there are carriers that go there uh, out of desperation. Um, <clears throat> I think that that a lot of that comes out in the wash. Uh, but there are so many carriers that I don't think go that way either. Um, but you know, t- to that guy's point, you know, and I said this before, uh, so the company you're talking about is lemonade, uh, to that guy's point, I, it is easy to talk about denying claims when you've never denied a claim. Lemonade has never had to deny a claim. They've never had a policy written on their paper, had someone get into an accident and had to deny that claim. And I just, it's hard for me to listen to someone uh, pontificate about uh, our industry and what should or shouldn't be done when when the profitability of your company is never hinged on whether or not you deny claims. Yeah, and pay, paying the right claims. I mean, let's, yeah, paying, let's, paying yeah. the right claims. You know what I mean? Because look, I mean, some of that comes down to who, what is, how good are the agents that you've appointed? Right. And, and look, I'm, I'm obviously very, I'm pro independent agent, but not all of us are rock stars. Not all of us have the best interest of our carriers in mind. And some agents will put dog poop business with a carrier just to get that piece of commission. And they don't care how many claims they have. And they don't care if they lose the business in the next year, because that's just how they operate. And, um, that's a really hard thing for carriers too, is if I know I got an agent that's got, you know, $500,000 worth of business and, and two thirds of it is complete and utter garbage. Um, you're in trouble. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You, you know what I mean? Your agents are supposed to be the carrier's frontline underwriting team. And, um, you know, so there's so much to this and I'm not trying to, I, I don't actually don't think anyone is to blame here. I think there are, this is such a complex and diverse issue that we've spent way too much time on. It just is interesting. I, I just, I hope for the people listening at home, you find this kind of interesting because there's just so much complexity to this and you've never really dug into how carriers operate and what, how the, how dynamic the relationship is between um, insurance c- customer, insurance agent an insurance carrier, how dynamic that relationship is and and what the leading and trailing indicators of good and negative business are and profitability for carriers and profitability for agents. It, it is, uh, I mean, geez, there's been books written on it and we could talk about it all day. So yeah, I mean, um, ultimately, I, I think that to, to net this whole thing out, we have to realize that we are playing in a giant fishbowl. Um, and, and, you know, what the stats are telling us is that consumers are beginning to, uh, you know, I don't know, beginning, it might be uh, overstating, but but consumer opinion of us 
is is waning. We are low and it's not getting better. So that's just something we need to begin to try to improve. And it's going to take steps in a whole lot of different areas. Yeah. This is the last point I'll make on this and we'll move on to our next topic, uh, even though we've beat this up for almost what would normally be a full show. Um, that one of the last pages in this in this uh, in this report is millennials respond and like brands and even can like insurance brands. So if you're sitting there and you're going, oh, this is great, but who really gives a crap? Brand doesn't mean anything anyways. All that matters is that our agents write business and blah, 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 blah. The next generation that's coming through, millennials, Brand means a lot to them. They have been bombarded with advertising messages their entire lives, right? In every walk of their life, a millennial has, our businesses have been able to interrupt a millennial's life with their advertising message. That, for, for Gen Xers and Boomers, that hasn't always been the case, right? I mean, when you were growing up, Marty, there were entire segments of your life that advertisers just simply couldn't get to. They couldn't interrupt that portion of your life. And today, basically every piece of a millennial's life can potentially be interrupted by advertising. Okay. So because of that, millennials- Segue into our next topic. Yeah. Millennials respond- to branding, to great branding, or, or and to negative branding. Branding and a brand matters because millennials use brands. And because of this advertising piece, millennials use brands as a way of personal self-expression. And, uh, and, and I would love to do a whole topic on that, uh, but or a whole episode on that because it's, it's such a huge piece of, of our business. But just remember that. Keep that in the back of your mind. Your personal brand, your agency brand, your carrier brand, they matter to millennials because a well-done brand, a well-positioned brand, a great customer experience, a millennial is going to use that as a way, uh, as a piece of self-expression, which is then going to uh, enamor more millennials and more people to your brand and bring them in. And, and that's and that's really what every brand wants is, is someone like Nike, right? Like people wear Nike stuff because if you got Nike on, you're a baller or, you know, maybe not as much today. Maybe it's transformed into Under Armour or, or Lululemon or something. But, you know, there was a time when you wore Nike when you were a baller and that meant something that you wore Nike. Um, and that's what you're trying to go for. So, all right, let's, Brand let's get off. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's move on. This is, uh, we beat this branding thing up pretty good. Um, we're about 30 minutes into the show, so I, I, I got one more topic that I want to talk about, Marty. It's actually a resource, really cool resource, and um, and you can find this. I'll put Obviously, I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, go to agencynation.com forward slash podcast. Look for episode number 32, but this is a resource from Google. It's called Think with Google Search. So if you go to thinkwithgoogle.com forward slash the word search, you will find this really cool resource. It's all it's all these data points that Google has collected from all the various studies and and um, uh, that they've found and been part of uh, over the last, I want to say, four or five years. Um, the ones I'm looking at here go back as far as like 2012. So you... This is tons of great stats that really help you better understand uh, what's happening in the market. And I want to pull this one out for you, Marty. This is the first one that caught my attention. Um, And this is the one I want you to kind of dive into here. Um, 55% of millennials will ignore brands that do not show up in search or have poor reviews. That's powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's huge, and 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 what this goes to, and and 
And, you know, so, so this sort of ties into our last point, right? Because many of our listeners are going to say, yeah, I don't have that brand and I don't have that budget. But this gets, gets us right to uh, a topic that, you know, you and I chose to disagree on, you know, even though we really do agree on it, but we just had slightly different takes on it. This is the power of your social media marketing. This is the power of your own brand. This is the power of your content marketing. This is how you influence and generate business. Because if you are in these people's streams, they are going to see you as a resource. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole deal is that millennials, they 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 need to be able to find you, right? And, and essentially today, uh, you know, and this goes to why having a website and all this stuff, you know, we do all these talks and you and I were constantly in front of different audiences, you know, throughout the industry. And, you know, some people kind of, I think they, they nod and they, and they go along with what we're saying, but at the same time, they're kind of questioning why, why do I really need a website? Why do I need, because to a millennial creating a website is so remedial in terms of what it, in terms of like marketing your business that if you don't have a good website and you can't at least get your major keywords to show up in search and have some good reviews for your business then like it, to them it's like you can't even do that like how good could you actually be at what you do and you could be the best the best ever it doesn't matter to them if you can't be if you can't take the time and don't have enough I don't know, respect for your business or pride in your business or whatever to, to, to have a decent website that shows up in search and have some good positive reviews about your business from your clients, then they, they just, they're not even going to waste their time on you. They're going to go to the next person that they do because today it's not even a question that you do those things. Yeah. It's, it's part of the process of evaluation, right? And, and we've talked before about how, depending on your source, anywhere from 60 to 70% of that evaluation gets done before they ever contact the, you know, the, the purveyor of the service or product. So these are just, these are just sort of the, it, they're no longer optional. They're, 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 you know, table stakes to get into the, to get into this game. Yeah, that that's really what this is coming down to is is this is the table stakes. Today the table stakes for attracting millennials which which you know, I've said this once, I'll say it a million times, the millennials are 35 going on 36. Um, you know, these are these are not 17-year-olds anymore. We're not talking about children playing Pokemon Go. We're talking about adults who are in the prime buying years of their life. Um, and, and, and in particular, we're talking about adults who, who could be latching into the insurance brands that they're going to be with for a long time, right? I mean, these are the first impressions. The the cre- creating the relationships and the behaviors that will influence their buying for the rest of their lives. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it's so important to to be doing these things. Um, you know, Marty, I, I kind of want to leave it there because there's a lot here. Uh, we're going to come back to this resource again. I could, I could literally do a show on almost every single stat that is in this thing. There's so much good stuff. Um, for those of you... Uh, who are going to be at the uh, Independent Insurance Agents of Arizona's conference coming up in August. You're going to actually see some of this, uh, use some of these stats um, in a really cool presentation. I'm I'm actually giving a brand new presentation, Marty, uh, to IIABAZ. Um, 
uh, called How to Sell Insurance to Millennials. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be lots of fun. Hour and 15 minutes. We're going to rock and roll. And um, and a lot of this resource is going to be in there. So I uh, hope to see everyone there. Uh, one last thing I, I want to give a plug to because we've been we've been killing it. And I'm so excited to finally get this out. We are just a few weeks away from the launch of Agency Nation University. Uh, uh, anyone who is on the list um, the the early um, the early bird list. So if you want to get on that list, go to agencynation.com forward slash Z, the number two S, Z2S, or uh, agencynation.com forward slash university dash launch. There's also a, a button, a link at the very top of Agency Nation called University. You can just click that. And all it does is put you on a on a mailing list so that when we go live with this thing, you can be in. And the reason that's important is because we're going to go in stages. So uh, we're going to have some beta testers first. They'll be first in. Then we're going to have early birds. And then we'll have kind of the the the... the the full launch and obviously with each one of those stages, the price will go up a little bit and, and what have you. But, um, you know, we, we had to change technology and uh, that's, you know, besides a couple other projects, um, we had to change technology in order to kind of capture everything that we wanted to do with this course. And as we build it out, I think we're at something like 40 lessons and uh, we got a, we're going to have a private community and then ongoing webinars, uh, which I think are really cool called Z to S refresh, which is basically keeping you guys up to date on all the newest changes. Um, you know, if the course was live right now, we'd be talking about Instagram business accounts and and how you can promote posts on Instagram now and how powerful that is. Uh, so I, I'm incredibly excited to get this thing out the door. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're not on the list yet, go to Agency Nation, click the link at the top that says University. Uh, get on that list so that when we launch this thing, you know and you can get in at the lowest possible price and be part of this, this community. I think it's going to be absolutely tremendous. Um, I have wanted to have an insurance sales marketing technology community. I've wanted to create one of these for years and um, I'm just happy we're finally getting to do that. It's going to be real and it's going to be fun. Don't miss it. It's going to be real and it is going to be fun. All right, guys, uh, with that, we're going to wrap up today's show. Again, this is episode number 32. So if you head on over to agencynation.com forward slash podcast, you can find this episode. You'll find the link to this Google data. You'll find the link to the Harris poll that we talked about. Um, and you can listen to the episode there and make sure if you're listening to this in some way and you are not subscribed on either, um, app, uh, on iTunes or on Stitcher or on Google play, make sure you do so because, uh, the people who listen to this show over and over, they're subscribed. That's how you do it. Or, or however you listen to podcasts, uh, make sure you subscribe so that, uh, you can get the new episodes as they get pushed out. And, um, we've been ramping it up. We've been doing about six episodes a month and, and, um, and, and getting more out this. This just seems like a really good way to deliver this information, and, and you guys seem to enjoy it. Uh, so uh, we're happy to have you. Uh, make sure you subscribe. And, guys, we are going to get out. 